Welcome to Not in a Huff with Jackson Huff, where we interview newsmakers, storytellers, and all-around interesting people. Sit back, relax, uh, unless you're driving, and enjoy the show. Here's Jackson. Hello, hello, hello. I am Jackson Huff. This is Not in a Huff. Thanks so much for joining me. As always, really appreciate it. This week, I'm speaking with another author, and I'm speaking with Suzette Chef. Now, Suzette has an interesting story here where I've talked to people in her genre before, talking about the Holocaust and true life stories. I've talked to people who are young authors in the past, and Suzette kind of combines those two worlds together. She wrote a book when she was 13 years old about her grandmother's experience during the Holocaust. She... Uh, it took a few years to, you know, get the publishing done. It took a few years to to write it and uh, and conduct those interviews with her grandmother to make sure she had everything down. But uh, you know, these stories about true life experiences during the Holocaust are, are always powerful. If you remember, I've spoken with somebody who wrote about their parents' experience during the Holocaust and and finding each other. Um, the love story that uh, that was created. They were both sent to concentration camps. They found each other again. Amazing conversation there. Uh, and then I spoke with somebody else who was a young writer who I think at 14 had already written 14 or 15 books, Shanti Hutchinson. And uh, I, I looked her up recently just because I, I had spoken with Suzette, another young writer, and Shanti's still plugging away, still typing away, writing books i don't know how many she's up to now but she certainly hasn't stopped so urge you to check out that episode and urge you to uh, to pick up shanti's books but let's get back to suzette because man this is a, a powerful story she decided that i want to write about my grandmother's experience because i don't want it to be lost on future generations whether it's in her own family or whether it's for others to learn about the holocaust uh she's got a really really powerful reason behind this that's that's goes beyond just wanting to uh to let others know about her grandmother's experience uh you know it has to do with with her father telling her stories and uh i you'll i think you'll find that really really powerful i I just learned so much from from suzette this week when it comes to her grandmother's story she was nice enough to share just the the highlights of course we don't give the book away but the highlights of what her grandmother's experience was during the Holocaust. She talked about her, her writing process and, and how you write a book about somebody within your family, but then also you know the extra layer of, of it being a story that you want to make sure you get right. So how you have to take a little bit of liberties to make sure the story is interesting, but it was very, very important to keep it as factually accurate as possible. We're going to talk about the writing process. We're going to talk about how somebody that's you know, 14, 15 years old is able to get a publisher to even take the book seriously. Uh, it's an it's a interesting story how she was able to, to get that done as well. Uh, we'll talk about the advice she has for other young writers. I mean, she's definitely doing something right to, uh, to be 17 and have a, a book already out there for, for more than a year that is, is uh, definitely uh, one that a lot of people have enjoyed reading. I, I think you're going to find this one really, really powerful, whether you're somebody who wants to learn more about the Holocaust, whether you're somebody who wants to learn more about the writing process, whether you're somebody who just wants to learn about a, a young person doing amazing things and, and somebody who has so much more uh, amazing things in store. So here is Suzette Chef. I'm here today with Suzette Chef. Ms. Chef, how are you? I'm good. How are you? 
Good, good. Hardest question of the evening. Just introduce yourself. Hi, I'm Suzette. I'm 17 years old. I live in New York City and I'm currently a senior in high school and I'm very passionate about creative writing and about sharing the stories of the survivors of the Holocaust, which is actually what I'm going to be talking about today. Absolutely. And we're going to, we're going to unpack that, but I'm glad you said, so I forgot to ask you that in the beginning. I'm glad you said your age right off because when I was kind of researching to, to speak with you, I, I feel like I kind of followed your progression. It was a 14 year old starts writing a book and then a 15 year old gets published. Then a 16 year old is interviewed here. And then I saw one that you were 17 and, and putting on some kind of workshop. So that's where we find you now. You're 17. Yes. Yeah. 17. So I want to kind of go back to you being 13, because I think that's when you first kind of got the inkling to, to want to write a book. And that book's called Running for Shelter. It's about your, your grandmother's experience during the Holocaust. I want to talk a little bit about why you decided to write it, because I've heard you in other interviews, and I think that it's, it's a really interesting reason. It's kind of to, to preserve uh, stories, and, uh, and I think that some of that had to do with, with maybe your, your father's story. So talk a little bit about that. Yes. Um, so when I was 13 years old, my dad unfortunately passed away. And for background, every night when I was a child, he used to tell me a story about his childhood before I went to bed. And after he passed away, I slowly found myself forgetting some of the stories that he used to tell me. And I really wish that I could have recorded them and I could have spoken about them with him while he was still alive. And because of that, I went to my grandmother and I decided to, I ultimately decided then to turn her, to record her story and immortalize it because I didn't want the same thing to happen to her stories. And that is how Running for Shelter came about. And I've also always been very interested in creative writing, like as a medium and writing books and also the Holocaust. So those three passions sort of all came together and created running for shelter. Yeah. And that, you know, that explanation really spoke to me when I read it, just because I kind of had that same experience. My grandmother is from Germany. So it's a, it's a different, different look at it, but she was there at the same time. It, it was more kind of just the blinders that everyone had on during that time. And about 10 years ago, for some odd reason, you know, after hearing her story, I thought, this is kind of interesting. I should record her telling me, you know, about growing up and, you know, running to the bomb shelters when she was a kid. And as a six-year-old, kind of almost thinking it was fun to, to go to the bomb shelters and that kind of stuff. It was just an interesting world. And that she's still alive, but she now actually has dementia. So I'm just so happy that I recorded it because, you know, she's not able to tell those stories now. So I, I see why it was so important. So I, I thought that was really cool that... Uh, that she kind of had that wherewithal too. I probably was, honestly, I'm trying to think it was more than 10 years ago. I was probably around 13 or 14 when I decided to do it too. So I didn't That's write a book. Thing, though, that you I didn't write a book though. <laughs> That's yeah. amazing that you have yeah. those stories recorded, especially now that if, because she can't remember them. I think yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. I actually, you're, you're going to be probably episode 176, 78, something like that. It was actually my hundredth episode that I finally released those. So they're out there somewhere there yeah. too. Um, but I want now you to tell us about the the book. You know, it's it's not a book club. People will not have read the book. 
Um, so as much as you kind of want to give us a little bit of an overview of uh, what Running for Shelter is about. Sure. Yeah. So Running for Shelter is about my grandmother's story, which I just mentioned, and it follows her from age eight to around age 18. And it begins right before the war starts when she is living in Vienna with her mother and her grandmother. And it follows my grandmother as she first, as her life first begins to change. So the furniture in their house slowly starts disappearing. And then her estranged father comes to visit and something happens. And then eventually they escape and they go to Switzerland and then to France. And along the way, my grandmother's mother actually abandons her. And she ends up going to America without my grandmother. But my grandmother is, after being sent to different host families, she's her grandmother takes her to a small village in France where they hide and live their lives for the rest of the war. But the whole time that this is going on, so over these 10 years, there is a big family secret that is being kept and my grandmother has no idea. And her grandmother and her mother are keeping it from her. And it's finally revealed at the end. Oh, all right. Well, we'll have to figure out exactly what, what that is. I want to know how you decide. I mean, I know that you you spoke to your grandma about this, but what was it just kind of piecemealing different things she had said together or how did you finally get the the entire story because it takes a lot to be able to to write an entire book uh so it was a mix of interviews with her i sat down with her for around like a week or two and we basically just went through her whole life story i guess and so i talked to her through different point i talked through different points of her life with her and took notes. And then like at the end of, uh, let's say like five year span, I would go back and ask different questions. Or sometimes I would just ask questions as we were going. And that sort of gave me like the bones, the framework of the story. And then I read additional, like just historical background, even though I had, I knew a lot about that time period. I just wanted to make sure I knew more and make sure everything was historically accurate so that I could ground my book in, in accurate facts. And then I looked through some of my grandmother's old documents. So there is like a three page account that she had written a long time ago about her experience that I used and also an interview that she had conducted with the USC Shoah Foundation and they record stories of Holocaust survivors. And that was really helpful as well because the interviewer obviously is a professional and knows exactly what to ask for, like what to ask Holocaust survivors. And so I found that interview especially helpful. And with that, I was able to write my book, but that my book Along the way, I would send my grandmother chapters. And sometimes if I felt like a specific scene needed more details, or if I wanted to add another chapter in, I would go talk to my grandmother and ask her for more stories or ask her for her, if she remembered specific details. So so the entire time that you were kind of gaining these stories, she knew that you were you were wanting to to make a book out of it, right? Yes, yes. I had told her that that was my intention. And she was very happy because she knows that I love to write. And she was very proud of me as well. 
Yeah. Well, you, I mean, you're, you're lucky that that happened that way just because, you know, I've, I've talked to other people who've written mostly about their, their parents' experiences during the Holocaust. And, you know, they've, they've talked about how their, their parents didn't really want to talk about it. They didn't want to, they didn't want to share a lot of the times they, they wrote the book and then, you know, they didn't actually publish it until the parents passed away because they didn't really want it necessarily to, to relive that experience. So what do you, why do you think your, your grandma was a little bit more open to, to the whole thing? Well, I wouldn't say that my grandmother was particularly like excited to talk about her childhood. It was very difficult for her. And she actually told me during the time that I spent interviewing her, like every, every day, she told me that one morning she woke up after a long day of interviewing and she told me that she had had a dream or a nightmare about her life, about her childhood. And in the nightmare, like she was reliving one of the things that we had talked about. And so I wouldn't say that she, that talking about it was partic- something that like, something that felt good for her. And she hadn't talked about her experience during the war for a lot of my dad's childhood. My dad didn't really figure out a lot of her story until he started asking her questions when he was in his late teens. And so I think my grandmother, my grandmother was also very private about it, but because I showed the interest and because I sort of like, I didn't, because I genuinely wanted to talk with her and I, she knows, she knew I didn't have harmful intentions. I think that made her feel more comfortable. And she also did read the books. And I think also, even though everything in it is true, just the, I think, I mean, I, I don't know, I haven't like spoken to her specifically about this, but I think just knowing that is written in a way where, so my grandmother goes by Monique, but the, her name used to be Inga when she was a child. And so I think she might see Inga as like a separate character and someone who is not like her as a child. And so I think that might also help. Yeah. And, and you said something in another interview that kind of just struck me because I had never even thought about it before. And it's going to kind of go into another question that I was going to ask later about about why you wrote it as a, a young adult book. I, I never even thought about how, you know, your generation, which is maybe one one later, maybe two later than mine at this point, but probably the last people that are going to know Holocaust survivors. I, I had never even really thought about that, but that's why it was important for you to write it as a young adult book so so people can hear about it. Is that right? Definitely. Yes. So I think Holocaust education is so, so, so important, especially for Gen Z, which is my generation, because as I, as you just mentioned, my generation is going to be the last one to ever have the opportunity to actually meet and talk to and learn from Holocaust survivors. Of course, the younger generations can read about them, but they'll never truly like understand, I think, the everything that went on. And so uh, it was really important to me to find a way to communicate the events of the Holocaust to people of my generation and to those younger, because a lot of the time, or I think most of the time, students are introduced to the Holocaust through history textbooks and through history lessons. And I think that can be very rote and not as not I wouldn't say exciting but I don't think they would find it as interesting as they would find it if they were reading it in a 
fictionalized, not fictionalized, but in a book that is written like a novel. And I know from my personal experience, reading novels always resonates with me more than reading textbooks. And so I wanted to allow other children to have that same opportunity because I think I thought it would resonate with them more. And given what different students who have read my book have told me, I think I think it did work, which is, makes me very happy. No, I, I'm sure it does. And yeah, I mean, what what you're saying, I, I completely understand that, you know, when you read things in a textbook that 10 chapters ago, you were reading about Roman times and thousands of years ago, it makes it harder to see everything as, as real. And these books mm -hmm. that, you know, like the books that, that you wrote, the book that you wrote, it just makes it feel more real. And because of that, makes people understand things better because they care more about it because i mean as much as you, I, I hate to to say it if you can't make somebody care about something then it doesn't really matter what what anyone's saying so i think that that's a, a huge thing definitely in the world that we live in now where there's so there's so much you know anti-semitics out there i've talked to some i, I talked to a, a hasidic jew telling me about that world i know you're in new york city so you, you probably know a little bit about that, um, but he talked just about how anti-Semitism is very real. You know, they see it uh, largely because, you know, they they can't hide who they are because, you know, what, with, with what they wear. So I just think it's so important just to, to kind of put that out there and kind of realize the ugly truth. I, I don't know what you say about that. I 100% I agree. Anti-Semitism has been on the rise for a long time now, and I think that the lack of Holocaust education comes hand in hand with the rise of anti-Semitism. And so I think that increasing the awareness of the Holocaust might be a remedy. It's definitely not a solution, but it could remedy some of the anti-Semitism in America. Absolutely, for sure. And I want to go back to the book. And this is something that I always have to ask when I talk to somebody who you know, wrote about their their parents or their grandparents or somebody else's story. How did you find the way to make sure that it's true, but also have to take a little bit of liberties? Because obviously you weren't there. You don't know every conversation. I don't know exactly how the book plays out. If you have dialogue that you're trying to recreate, but, mm -hmm. but, but how did you, how did you do that way? Making sure it's true, but also making it interesting. Yes. So Every event in the book is true. I didn't write any events that did not happen. And so I, that's a big, it's very important to me to, to stay as true to my grandmother's story as I can. And so that's why I made every single major event true. And obviously dialogue, I don't know exactly what was said to my grandmother or what she said. And so that I had to come up with, but I think just knowing my grandmother and based on what she said and based on the descriptions of her friends and of her parents, I was able to like take creative liberties and think of what their character would say. And she sometimes remembered like the gist of some of her conversations, obviously not every single one that is in the book, but the very important ones she definitely did. And I think using the creative tools available from fiction made the book more interesting and so that use of dialogue the use of descriptive setting which i was able to do research on and find like historically accurate information about the different villages that she lived in and the different cities that she went to and so that so the description the dialogue 
And I also her true events, I think, coupled together that made the book very interesting. And it was a struggle to balance being true and making it interesting. But I think that I, I was able to do so by using the steps. And without, you know, giving away any more than, than you want to give away about the book, what are some things when writing it and learning about the story that, that I guess surprised you the most? I think that my grandmother's relationship with her mother surprised me the most because my grandmother is such a loving and sweet and caring person. And her mother, I mean, no, no one knows what they would do in that situation. It's a very difficult situation to be in, but I just can't imagine what it would be like for someone's mother to leave them and escape to safety without them. And so learning about that situation and learning about what happened after made me it made me understand my grandmother a lot better i think it made me and it also made me feel closer to her because i had never learned that and i felt i was very like i was grateful that she opened up to me and it just speaks to her character more because she's such an, a kind and amazing person I, I don't know. Like it was very difficult to learn that. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm sure. Yeah, because you, you, you said in another interview that's that's what surprised me when I when I've heard about the story is, I think it was it wasn't just once it was twice that her mother kind of left her behind. Yeah. So I I do think that that's yeah, and no one knows exactly what how they would react in that situation. So I'm glad that you that you said that too. So you you learned about the story. You talked to your grandma about you know the things that 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 you needed to fill in the blanks. So how did the writing process go? Was it writing one story, giving it to her, making sure everything was okay? Did you write all of it? Or I want to talk a little bit about how how the writing process went. I started writing on the plane ride home from visiting her at her house, and that draft I thought I was done after writing five pages and so that draft was very rough and after doing the research that we talked about previously I had a better understanding of what her life was like so that was helpful and what I did was I then started writing I first wrote the parts of the rough draft and I sent it to my grandmother and she gave me some notes. And then I added more stories and edited it more. And then I sent that draft to my grandmother. And it was a lot of back and forth, but I would not say it was one story sent to her and back to me just because it's my grandmother doesn't have like a iPhone or a tablet. So it was a lot of coordination on that part to get the story to her and also when I get in the writing zone, I tend to write more than just one story at a time and also just seeing the connections. So it was a lot of writing and a lot of editing. And then I was very, 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 very lucky when I met Lisbeth Hink from Amsterdam Publishers, who is my publisher, and she agreed to work with me because as a first time writer and as a teenager, I was not expecting to I was I, I was so grateful that she 
took me on and that she saw something in me and my grandmother's story because it allowed me to share my grandmother's story with the world. And this did this process did take three years from start to finish, though. So it was a lot of different time in balancing schoolwork with writing and school breaks. So, yeah, and I want to get to the publishing year in a second, but I just wonder, you know, we, we, we know about your writing process. What was the hardest part of all of it? I'm not a writer. I would have no idea before, you know, I probably, I don't know, probably 50 writers at this point have came on the podcast. And the thing that surprised me about, you know, the world of writing is I would think writing a true story would be a lot easier because you know the story, but that's normally not the case. If, because if you can just write whatever you feel and let the characters take you where you, where, you know, they're going to take you, that's a lot easier a lot of times than knowing the beginning, knowing the end and making it interesting in the middle. So I, I don't know. I probably hope I didn't answer my own question, but what, uh, what were some of the hardest parts of, of writing the book? For me, I actually found com- comfort in the fact that it was a true story and that there was a set beginning and a set ending because sometimes I have so many ideas that it's difficult to choose which story I want to start writing about. And so I liked that this was a story. The characters were set out for me. I just had to do research and take some creative liberties, but I was able to work with something given to me. And I, I like that. And that's why I think I want to work more with other true stories because I love the process of just working with a world that feels real and feels familiar to the person that you're writing about. And it isn't sort of like a constant balance of trying to come up with a character who represents this and who might be who might be needed because this is real life. You can't add new characters. You can't take them away. This actually happens. So it has to be the story as presented to you. No, that that makes sense. I think some of the, sometimes the the true stories that are hard to write are maybe the the first person stories that they're writing about their own life, and you know you've got to work through things. Whether it's therapeutic to write this or whether it's traumatizing, I think that's where things get a little bit tough as well. But I want I want to ask you now about publishing because that's a a huge feat in itself. You know, I've talked to so many writers that are self published. I've talked to so many that were went the traditional route. And then finally was like, you know, that is, I I did that for 25 years. I was a New York Times bestseller. Now Mm -hmm. I don't want to mess with all the publishers. It's just, it's just, it's a, it's a crazy world that I knew nothing about before this podcast. So talk about uh, how you were able to get, find a publisher and definitely at, at the, at your young age, that's, that's not easy either. So talk a little bit about that. I initially sent a couple of emails to different literary agents with snippets of my book which now has changed the final product is very different from the snippets that I sent them I had edited it uh, now I it has I have edited it a lot more but I did not get a response from a lot of them and other and the ones that did respond all told me that uh all basically said no and so that was difficult but I didn't view it as rejection I sort of just took that as they say as redirection and so I looked for publishers who do not require literary agents and that is when I came across Amsterdam Publishers and Amsterdam Publishers is a Holocaust specific 
publishing house and it's based in Amsterdam. And so I emailed Lisbeth and we were able to set up a meeting. And after reading my work and hearing my story, she found that we shared a lot of the same goals because she also wants to improve like one of her long-term long-term goals or dreams is to improve holocaust education and i mentioned to her that that is something that i'm also passionate about and just reading my grandmother's story she i guess she saw something in it and she saw something in me and we were able to work together and i had she gave me comments and i had a, i had a lot of more editing to do but two years after we first met it was published so I'm very grateful. Very, very grateful. That's that's not an easy task at all. So that's that's awesome for sure. The traveler me's got to ask. You know, you talked. Your your grandmother was from Vienna. We're talking about Amsterdam. Have you been able to to visit these places? Yes, I was lucky enough to visit Amsterdam last uh, this past summer with my family on a trip, and we also visited Vienna. And I was able to see the apartment in which hmm. my where my grandmother grew up it's no longer there but i was i was able using an old picture i was able to find around the place where it would have been and she always when i was interviewing her she talked a lot about her view from her window and how she, she could see the cathedral from her window and when i went i actually took a picture that matches the picture from her childhood of from her window. And so I thought that was a sort of like a full circle moment of seeing what it is today versus, I guess, 80 years ago from when my, when the picture was taken. No, that, that's awesome. I'm sure those were both, both good trips. I, the two of my favorite places. So glad that you got to experience that too. One you, I want you now to talk about what advice you have to other young writers or, or writers as a, as a whole. I mean, you've, you found success. You've been able to get published. You you wrote a book that a lot of people want to read. So talk about uh, other people maybe that, that want to uh, to do something like that. What advice do you have? My advice to young writers is to never give up. If you're truly passionate about something, someone will recognize your passion and you will and you will do what's destined for you. And if you really, really, really want to write a book, just keep writing. If you keep writing and editing and reworking your work, you will be able to get it published or to turn it into a book one day. And I think I've learned this too. And this advice, I think a lot of young writers get, but just keep reading, keep writing, talk to other aspiring writers, talk to, if you know any writers, talk to them, talk to them about their experiences and just keep involving yourself in the literary world because if you're passionate about something it will always be better so also write things that you genuinely find interesting because those will turn out to be better works than the works that you think people want you to write or expect from you no all all great advice and, and so what's the future hold for you in writing you just talked about how you potentially want to write other true stories so Talk a little bit about, I guess, what you you hope the future holds in that regard. Yes. So I definitely want to write more books. I would love to maybe write the uh, interview another Holocaust survivor and write their story. But I'm also interested in other events. And 
I would love to interview. I don't know exactly like who I would like to interview, but I think I also want to expand my horizons a little bit more and maybe interview other survivors of different genocides and have their voices heard, especially lesser known ones. And I'm also very interested in playwriting and screenwriting, and I really want to venture into those fields as well. So I'm looking forward to experimenting in all different types of writing in college and in the years beyond. You, you've got so much so much ahead of you. You're, you're in high school now, you're 17. So is that what you hope, you know, I guess your, your career is, it, whether it's writing, whether it's playwriting, I don't know. What, what do you hope the future holds when it comes to career-wise, life-wise? I, I would love to help make Holocaust education mandatory and in every public and private school in America. That's just a goal for mine. I don't, it, I don't know if it necessarily relates to any career, but that is something that I would like to, ha- to help accomplish in my adult life. But career-wise, I really want to continue um, being an author and so focus, I would like to, as I just mentioned, write more true stories. I think that that's the type of genre that I want to mainly focus on. I might venture into creative and fictional stories, but mainly I think writing uh, historical fiction based on true stories. And yes, I also am interested in screenwriting and playwriting. So I would also like to try out those fields. So I guess career-wise, I just want to be a writer in general and a writer who helps give voice to the to the people whose stories aren't often maybe heard or to the people whose stories need to be recorded and preserved. That's an amazing thing for sure. Uh, it, just in wrapping up the book and, and, you know, most of our conversation, I just wonder, you, you, you showed your grandma the, the book while you were writing it. So it wasn't any huge surprise, but once it was finally done, you know, the, the binding was on the book and she had it in her hand. What was her, what was her reaction to it all? She was very, very, very excited to see it fully in print. I think she wasn't expecting it to be, I guess, I don't know exactly what she was expecting, but I think that seeing it as a book sort of came as a shock shock to her and it felt more real to her. And she wanted to show it to all of her friends and um, everyone she knew. And so she got more copies and she was showing it to everyone. And I think it helped her become, I think it helped her talk more about her childhood and which I, I can't say maybe she would have done it if I hadn't written the book, but I, I think that I've seen her sort of become more open about that time period. Although she still does not talk about it often, she's, introduced the book to her friends and to other people that she knows and so now more people are learning her story which i find to be very beautiful and very important as well yeah and i've I've heard you kind of answer that question before but i haven't heard this one we talked in the very beginning about why it was important for you to write this and it was because you wanted to preserve stories and some of it was because you know you you hadn't preserved the stories as well as you wanted to, you know, from, from your, your father. So I know that it was really important for, for you to write it. And there was some really deep meaning behind it. So what did your, what did your mother think about you doing this at getting published and, you know, the reasons behind all of it? I feel like that has to be pretty powerful too. 
my mom is the best and she's very supportive of everything that I do. And I think she's proud. She, I know she's proud that I've found something that I'm passionate about and that I've been able to find something that I'm interested in and preserve my grandmother's story uh, so early in life. And I think, and I know that my dad would also be very proud too, but no, my mom is amazing. She's so supportive and she's the best. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Tell us uh, how how can people pick up the book? How can they connect with with all things Suzette? I have an Instagram account running for shelter. It's at running for shelter. You can follow that. Also, the book is available on Amazon. You can just look up running for shelter or Barnes and Noble online or Walmart, I saw. I, I recently just saw that it was available on Walmart too, but I would say Amazon and Barnes and Noble are the main places to get the book. Well, I really appreciate your time. Thanks so much. Thank you so much. I really enjoyed talking to you and thank you for having me on the podcast. So that was Suzette Sheft. Amazing conversation. So glad she decided to join me. Urge you to check out that book, Running for Shelter. The link to the Amazon page will be in the show notes. The link to the Instagram page will be there as well. I know she would appreciate you following along. I know she would appreciate you picking up the book. I don't think you're uh, you're going to go wrong with uh, with learning a little bit more about uh, her grandmother's story. I, I think that there's a, a lot in store in the future for Suzette. So if you, you follow along with this page, I'm sure she will uh, keep you updated when the next book is uh, in progress. But... Uh, you know, this book took a few years to write, so it may be a little while, but you know, she's got to do some other minor things like graduate high school as well. So keep up with Suzette. I know some awesome stuff is in the works, and I know that uh, her future is bright, so look forward to following along with her myself. If this is your first time listening to this podcast, really appreciate you being here. If you don't mind, go leave that five-star rating on Apple and on Spotify. Appreciate that. That helps the podcast a lot. Leave a written review on Apple, even more amazing. Go follow along with us so you can check out all the future amazing guests and uh, and see some of those past ones as well. You can follow on Instagram, Not In Huff Podcast, JacksonF.com, Not In Huff with JacksonF on Facebook. A lot of places to follow along so, uh, so you don't miss that next one. But uh, we'll see you next week. Take it away, Chris. This has been Not In A Huff with Jackson Huff. Thank you for listening. Be sure to join us next time where we will interview another amazing guest who is sure to make you laugh or make you think, or hey, maybe even both. But until then, keep being awesome.